Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we're talking about episode three of Loki, Lamentos. I said Lamentos. I meant to say Lamentos. <laughs> it's late night Loki, everybody. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Lamentos fresh and full of life. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and we have two wonderful Stranded Panda co-hosts here tonight. We've got Brian V. Klein and J. Scotty St. Clair. How you guys doing today? Oh, tired, but here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is what it is. You know, late Night Loki, it is what it is. Late Night Loki, baby. <laughs> We're just hopping in to do a quick, you know, 15-minute review of tonight's episode before we do our full review tomorrow. So, throw it at me. Uh, what'd you think, BBK? I liked it. Um, I, I, it, we talked about this. It has serious Doctor Who vibes to it. A hundred percent. Just the visual, um, I've seen that story before and like the, um, just the, you know, we gotta get to a certain point before the end of the world's coming and just the way it was shot and just the whole, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Plus we got a couple, uh, Nice uh, reveals in this uh, episode, too, about the, the future of the story going forward. So, yeah, I dig it. Love, absolutely love Doctor Who. But mm-hmm. I got to say, this gave me such serious Doctor Who vibes that it almost made me like. I love Doctor Who, but the show is a much lower budget thing to me than Loki should be. And this felt so much like a Doctor Who episode that it kind of made me feel it, it it felt undervalued somehow to me because it's so much like Doctor Who, and I love Doctor <laughs> you, Who. But you I guess like your Doctor Who and your Marvel. Well, it just it felt a little underwhelming compared to the first two episodes for me. The Doctor Whoiness of it all, like the mm-hmm. the special effects, the sort of bottle nature of the episode, where it's just the two of them talking and this like culture is going on in the background, but we don't really get to know anything about it. It just wasn't as. Uh, inventive as the first two episodes i felt like and there wasn't a lot there wasn't a big info dump in this in this episode either like you said it was a bottle episode there was a lot of just them finishing a mission that they created on their pretty much with their own actions in this episode yeah yeah absolutely what would you, you think jay scotty i was just gonna say i think you're just missing miss minutes as well as mobius and mobius but i, I really enjoyed the episode i definitely agree with the doctor who vibes i thought there were a lot of various sci-fi vibes i felt inception vibes from the opening scene mm, and I, I just really liked it It embraced the weird and the wonderful i, I like getting the cosmic elements there through the visuals and the culture referring to but if, it felt like you know guardians and doctor strange meets what we've seen so far from loki so i really enjoyed it mm. I, I get that i think I think maybe too. Another reason that I'm I'm a little down on this episode maybe is because I didn't buy their relationship yet and I feel like this episode was supposed to make me buy the relationship. Like they go through this little conversation, they talk, they have these sort of sweet moments and sentimental moments, they also hate each other throughout and then they enter that door and they go, "We're just about to go into something really rough. I need to know can I trust you?" And he says, um or, or, you can and we do. I like do that. and you can, or something like yeah, we. Okay. Or do we trust each other? And he says we do and you can. And right. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I buy that from either of them yet. <laughs> no. Um. But I, I think we will. 
but I, I didn't think this episode accomplished that if that was the goal. And it was also very short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was ten minutes shorter than the other two. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't think anything in in the episode was bad. It just I don't know that it accomplished the goals that it maybe seemed to set out to do. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. But maybe not. Maybe that was the goal was to make us think they think they can trust each other and then one of them's gonna betray the other one. Who knows? <laughs> there was times where it was you thought that the one was gonna that Loki was gonna I mean, we'll just go out and call the female Loki, Sylvie, or right. I mean, how many times did yeah. you say enchanted, enchanted, enchanted? I mean, they're almost throwing it in their face that it's the enchantress, but we'll just call her Sylvie. So there's times where those two are interacting, and it's like they're gonna they're gonna double cross each other, and it yeah. looks like they're going to, but it's part of the plan. I mean, that's Loki. This whole series has been. You think the double cross is happening, and it's not. He's actually doing it for himself, but he's also. It also seems like too the one part where. He suggested to go save, to use the Ark to get off. It was almost like, was he doing it for self-preservation, or was he doing it because it almost seems like he's becoming that almost sympathetic character to where he's going to use it for himself, but he's also going to use it because these people weren't saved before, and now they will. I mean, I, don't, I still right. don't buy him as being that anti-hero type character, because this is still the 2012 variant of Loki yeah. from the Avengers. So I agree, and I think like... There's a moment where he says, oh, I have an idea to get us off here. Let's get a lot of people off with us. And it's almost, it reminds me of Doctor Who again, where he's like, uh, yeah, the best way to the best way to do this is to help a lot of people. And like, uh-huh. that's not Loki at this point yet. Like, he hasn't really turned that corner for me. Uh, and it, it feels like he's trying to do, there's a couple moments in this where he chooses to do the good thing or say the good thing or try to. And it, it's almost like they're forgetting this is 2012 Loki and not the one who's been through the experiences of 2022 Loki or whatever. Right. But the thing is, the the first their first option was to drain the power from the arc to um, power the device back up so they could just portal themselves out of there and then sure. basically kill everyone anyway. Because that was what the fixed point, going back to Doctor Who, that those people died anyway. Sure. So now that they were saved, it's a different thing. So, you know, that's yeah. why we got to come back next week to see what happens. Yeah. Um <laughs> Our buddy Brad here uh, from the Album Concept Hour uh, podcast is in the chat, and he's saying a real exposition dump of an episode. And I would disagree with that. I feel like this episode very little happened. They definitely like gave a few nuggets of information that were incredibly interesting, but mostly this to me was a character episode about the two of them and who they are and their differences. It's, it's more of a character episode to me, but the exposition that was there was very interesting. And that the biggest one being that TVA agents are people are humans. It seems right. They're variants of wherever they were, you know, pulled from. So pretty much their it almost seems like their sentence is to work for the TVA. Right. So which we, we thought we discussed that exact thing on last night's mm-hmm. feedback episode. Um, that possibility. So that is pretty cool. <laughs> we called that. Called that shit. <laughs> now, called it. And now, if you think about it, I mean, they they were they were we we came to that because they were dropping all the information anyway. Like him saying, "Oh, I was born. I've always been behind a desk. Mm-hmm. That's his earliest memory." Then you find out today that. You know, Sylvie was able to go, but what she said, I had to go back hundreds of years. And I'm like, wait, hundreds of years? How old are these people? And then, wait, why does she have different memories? And that's when they said, oh, yeah, they're all variants. Boom. Mm-hmm. There we go. They're all variants. That's, that's super interesting. And now they don't know they're variants. And I think the, that's the key. So, like, 
I think the t- the timekeepers are sketchy. Mm-hmm. This minute is is sketchy because she is like a, a, some sort of propaganda arm of the timekeepers. But I don't think the TVA agents themselves are sketchy. I think they are like doing what they think is right. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, Brian just held up a uh, Miss Minutes mouse pad. It's amazing. Yep. Um, oh, where do you get these wonderful toys? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shopdisney.com on this one. So <laughs> I had some expiring dollars. So I'm like, hey, I got to get it 10 bucks. Nice. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that TVA agents, especially like, what is it? B15. I think her name is or whatever. Hunter B15. Hunter yeah, B15. Yeah. Like she has, seems to have no care for variants, right? Like she's like, no, just, just disappear them all. Like they're, they all need to be disintegrated. Especially Loki. But uh, <laughs> what would that do to these people? And and it seems to be like Mobius that we talked about last night. And Mobius is one of the only ones who has sort of this affection for the variants and like and care for people that are about to die. Like he has he has this affection for people th- that aren't necessarily part of the overall timekeepers plan. Like he seems to care about people beyond just their how they serve the timekeepers. And like I wonder how it will change the TVA when they realize that they are the same as the people they're disintegrating. That makes sense. Yeah, like it they, does. they think they're higher beings or they're servants of the timekeepers, and these guys are variants that need disposing of. But they're variants too. And how many of the TVA are variants, though? It's like is Ravana a variant? Are some of the higher ups, or is it just like the analysts and the? Mm. You know, Casey and those guys, I mean, how many of them are and how many of them are the ones that, I mean, there's, there had to be ones there beforehand that had held it out, handed out the judgment more than just Renslayer, you would think. Maybe. Or, I don't know. You know. Or, or the timekeepers started this whole thing with a few variants. As we discussed, like, this could be the original multiverse that they just, like, plucked people from and made them their, like, servants, you know? After they won the war, they just, like, enslaved... Uh. All of the multiverse. They're all like they're all like POWs or something. Yeah, that are you know put to work when, but they have no memory of it. And they've been there hundreds of years. It makes sense they could be from the original multiverse war. Yeah. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. Very An- interesting. Another theory we threw out there last night that I wanted to touch on. <laughs> we, we came on a lot of theories last on last the feedback episode that I really enjoyed was the idea we we joked about how. Did Lady Loki survive long enough to be Lady Loki if she is truly, if she's a very, very, that far of a variant, how'd she survive? And I made a joke that she was Moses. Like maybe it was a Moses situation that right. they, they like put her in a basket and shipped her off to apocalypses and she had to run from apocalypse to apocalypse. That's how she grew up. I joked about that, but this episode, she said she barely remembers her mother, which means she left her mother at a very young age. They mm-hmm. also, you know, they also said she's been running from them her whole life, which right. made me think that is that's like a pretty good chance that that's kind of what happened to her. Like, and she seems to know all the apocalypses. She said when they got to, um, I cannot remember the name of this planet. Lamentus. Lamentos. <laughs> yes, Lamentos Fresher. Um, they. That's all. I remember it. I got it. Lamentos. Uh, 
when they when they got there, she said, "You picked the very worst apocalypse on this on this pad, you know, the very worst one." And which to me means she's been going through these apocalypses over and over, and she knows the ones that are good and bad, and the ones that are her favorites are the ones that are the ones she avoids. Yeah, so maybe she's been apocalypse hopping for however long she's been alive. Right, but it makes you think how she's been doing it. I mean, has she, has she been this? Variant that's been doing it for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Who knows? Right. I mean, it's as Guardians it, get old. I'm Loki and Thor are pretty old themselves. Totally right, fair. but so this is basically this has been a problem for the TVA for this long because you know they've never really explained. I think the only thing you have to do to become a variant is make a different how, decision. I mean, the first one of the first scenes we see is that that uh, Saxman Goldman Sachs kid. Who was a time variant? Mm-hmm. Well, this is just a regular person. How do they get something that allows them to travel and mess with time? It does, you don't have to mess with time to be a variant, right? Now, what causes you to make a different decision? I agree with you. That's a little dicey. But I guess the idea is that people have free will. But if someone makes a different decision than the timekeepers want them to, they reset them and make them do it again until it's the right decision. <laughs> uh, or, 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 you know, they, they're going to make both decisions is the idea. One version of them will make the right decision that is the sacred timeline, and another version of them just doesn't make the same decision, and they create, a, they create a nexus event. And that also then reminds me of, like, the Doctor Who episode, Turn Left, where instead of turning right, you turn left at one point, and it changes the whole rest of your life. Exactly. Oh, yes. So, I know exactly which know. episode you're talking about there, right? Well, and and that's the the thing they say in the first episode of Loki is even if you're just late for a day of work, it can cause a nexus event. You know, um, right. I don't think you have to. You don't have to mess with the time stream. The no, time travel does not have to be involved for it to okay create that's a variant. True. I don't think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't lean into the time travel so much there. I think it's more like the butterfly effect. So if you think about what the timekeepers are having to do, every single thing that happens has rippling effects that are constantly you know cascading out in a million different directions, and so. I wonder how often they're having to constantly reevaluate what's happening and maybe they've made a ruling at one point in time and then they go back and maybe a ruling has, has happened 15 different times to, you know, 15 different outcomes because the timekeepers have decided it's, it's ever changing and ever evolving. Unless you're an Avenger. Right. If you're an Avenger, it's pretty much, you can do whatever you want. That's yeah, what I, I suppose so. <laughs> That's what well, it was meant yeah. to be. Well, I mean, we, we learned a lot about the, just the, the TVA agents and the fact that they're variants so we might get a lot of revelations about the sacred timeline that's why i think we will i wonder if it if it really is so sacred i don't think it is at all and I, I've, no. I've maintained this the whole time i think the timekeepers are a malevolent force or at least a selfish force they they, right. they won the war and they are just holding onto their land that's what all this right. is um and they're not allowing anyone else to rise against them i think the sacred timeline is going to be gone by the time this thing's all over because otherwise the whole multiverse of madness doesn't Seem like it's plausible, but it's it's just going to unravel. And I just want to see the next episode if we go back to the TVA how they're handling all the branches because last thing we saw there was just like chaos. Right. Yeah, I am. Th- I think that is another thing that bothered me. Like that was a cliffhanger, and then mm-hmm. they took an entire episode away from that cliffhanger. Like I want to know what happened. Like I don't ever like it when shows do that. They're like, watch, and even they even showed it in the. Uh, last time on, and that was the last thing you see is all these creeping timelines spreading out, and then it's like, 
And now, the next episode of Loki, where you won't find out anything about that. <laughs> it's like, no, what are you doing to me? And then you end this one on a cliffhanger, too, with them being stranded on the planet. And it's like, okay, now we got two different... So the next episode, they're going back to the TVA. It'll be a loki light episode. There's no Loki or Sylvie, so I we don't not. find out about them. Actually, we know, because next week's episode's called Vote Loki, so I'm sure it's... You can't have a Loki's episode without having any Tom Hiddleston in well, it. Well, but so. you could have a variant of Loki. No, that's true. Um, it doesn't have to be this Loki, <laughs> especially the vote Loki. We talked, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Like we think that's a variant, but we who knows? Who knows? Um, I really like the discussion of the, his mother in this. There's a, there's a line. Ooh. It reminded me of my mom a lot. One thing that my mom really always did was she made us kind of believe in ourselves and gave us confidence. And it's something I've been something I've been dealing with in therapy, uh, and something I'm very thankful for. That like my mom. No matter what else happened in my family, my mom was just the person who was just was always our biggest cheerleader and made us believe we could do anything. And Loki said that this episode, and it really hit home for me. Like, the idea, mm-hmm. he's like, he's, she's like, you can do this one day, talking about the magic. And he's like, really? I don't think I can. And she's like, because you could do anything. And it's like, oh, that's great. I loved it. Gotta, yeah, gotta love moms like that. Love it. Absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. It was a really poignant moment. You talk about how this episode was very much character-based, and it really was getting these two Lokis to kind of trust each other. And whether or not that was effective or not, I would say that moment in particular was one of the biggest leap forward leaps forward in that regard. Agreed. Agreed. And, well, at least, that was a, to me, that was an important moment for their characters, both of them. I still don't see how this experience made them trust each other. That's what I mean sure, when I'm saying. Sure, like, totally. I don't. I still don't think they do. I still don't think they. Do. I Agreed. think that there's. It's building because every moment they hit, they'd have, and I can't. Like I said, we just watched this, and I'm not remembering it in order. But you had those. You had that poignant moment, and then you cut to a scene with drunk Loki singing in the bar, and she's right. just like, you know, now it's the tension's back again. So yeah. it's like there's it's a heartfelt moment, and then there's tension. You know, then he's sitting there singing about the green dragon again and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, you know, yeah, good good <laughs> reference there. I like that. Yeah. Um, I was expecting a little bit. We got that opening scene where we sh- we saw Sylvie probing the TVA agent's memories via like dream. I thought in that sequence on the train, we were going to get the revelation that one of them was probing the other and, and trying to get information just, you know, in Loki backstabbing fashion. Right, what she was Ooh. doing, that, that exposition of that, where it's like, I have to go back in ones that are the stronger-minded, I have to make them see an illusion, I'm thinking, oh, she's doing that to him right, right now, right, yeah. and we're going to jump just, back, and we're in the TVA or something, like, hidden in the corner of the locker room or something, while exactly. hell's breaking loose, and yeah. it never, maybe that was the the obvious thing to do, because when they mention it so much, and then they're like, nope, we're going to make you think this, and it's not happening. Yeah. I love that, and I don't think it's too late. Like that could still be the resolution. So I love that idea. That's cool. Mm, that's Pretty, true. I didn't think of it at all. I should have, but I didn't. <laughs> Would have shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain isn't always functioning the same way at uh, two in the morning in the when morning. you're watching it the first time. Gonna, Second gonna, watch is always a lot better. Yeah, we'll get a closer look tomorrow. Um, <laughs> speaking of their mothers, I also just like the the, the parallel of him talking about his mother. And how how much she meant to him, and then her not remembering her mother. There's just such a good like, I don't know, emotional pathos there when you've got someone who just never knew their mother and listening to a different version of them that got to know their mother and how important their mother was to them. Like that's 
That's just that's good. That's good characterization stuff there. I liked it a lot. I like yeah, making agreed. the difference between them, you know. Oh, Loki's bisexual. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep, yeah, and I think we also found out too because a lot of people were asking about how Sylvie lost her horn on her her uh, helmet thingy, her tiara mm-hmm. or whatever. And when she was using it as a weapon on the train, I'm like, well, that's probably how she broke off the one horn, right? And then she lost it. <laughs> she she jumped out of the train, so it was on the train still. So I'm like, well, I guess we won't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. But at least that I would think that answers that question. Yeah, she uses it. it it's weird that it's that that like. Uh, Weak that she's fighting with it and it would break that easy, but yeah, she hit something so hard that it did. So, yeah, okay. Well, any other thoughts about this episode that we the oneer? I gotta throw out the oneer. Oh, yeah, absolutely amazing! Great call, yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah. highlight of the episode, I dare say. Yeah, agreed. I'm really curious how they shot all that. Like, somebody mentioned the uh, what'd you call it? The, The volume. The volume, which is how they I, checked, right. I checked quick, and it says right now the first time they used the volume in the MCU was recording some scenes for Quantumania and for Love and Thunder. Oh, okay. um, it does have that look to it, because pretty much what the volume is, is there's a lot of practical parts to it. But they're pretty much just in a gigantic... And if you want to know, on the, the Mandalorian Season 1, there's one whole episode of the um, behind-the-scenes uh, thing where they show how it works. So, so you're pretty much in this giant dome and the whole ceiling and walls and everything are these lcd or led screens put together so you're actually looking in the environment they shoot it so like when they're on tatooine you see it looks like you're on tatooine but then they also have practical uh, like stuff that you're walking around so it's not green screen so you're interacting with stuff but all the other environment makes it look like you were there yeah it gives the green screen depth and it gives the the actors something to play against the the, the thing about this that was really impressive is the scope of what you're looking at and how much they moved the camera to different angles and this sort of 360 degree view of the landscape. It was really, really cool and really well done. The right. one mm-hmm. in this episode. So I that's what that, that. that's what that's what the volume they said usually will do because you have the you have it all around you. So I mean, you, the sets are there, but the whole landscape. So they could have these shots where you don't have to do much in post other than like cut some of the, the you know, actual physical portions of the volume that aren't part of the, the, the scene. You just got to cut that out, but they're showing it, and it's like it cuts so much time out because you're not having to do all this stuff after the fact, and you get something to visualize that you're actually there. So, Yeah. Hmm. That's that really I, cool. I, while we're just, like, taking advantage of the Twitch stream here, I, this uh, we did get this this comment here where someone says, so how do we think they're going to... Be saved. I'm surprised Loki didn't try to call out Heimdall, or try to call out to Heimdall. I know he read about Ragnarok, but he doesn't know for sure he's dead. And then uh, Brad mm-hmm. brings up, wouldn't he be long dead? And we did get the confirmation that this took place in 2077. Right. And this is Jan so, CO that wrote that in. That, yeah, and also, I think, doesn't Heimdall only have access to the Bifrost in the Nine Realms? Ooh. Good point. I think I, I, I'm not totally sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. And um, he, well, we don't know where Lamentus technically is. I don't think it's part of the Nine Realms. Right. I don't think it's part of the Nine Realms. I looked it up, and it takes place in Kree space. So I think it's safe to to say it's outside. Right. Of the yeah. Nine realms. It's it's not. It's as it's so <laughs> funny that they had a moment in the season where uh, Mobius says, "What about space? 
Why don't you go <laughs> conquer space? Be the emperor of space. Not just the nine realms. Go to space, because that's the joke we've been making on the podcast. In space. <laughs> oh, so funny. Another so quick funny. thing about this episode, and I'm going to get really down and geeky here. I was wondering, or I was waiting for... Uh, there's a, there would be a scene when the moon was collapsing or crashing onto the planet that Chewbacca <laughs> was going to stop it and try to stop the planet because that's in the expanded universe mm-hmm. on the uh, the first book of the New Jedi Order, Vector Prime. That's how Chewbacca gets killed. He gets crushed by a moon, saving Anakin Solo. Um, yep. uh, jumping off on the Falcon, so I'm like, oh, that's where you get the moon crashing into the planet, killing a main character vibe from it. That was that was one of the first times we we saw how toxic the Star Wars fandom could be. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ari Silvador got <laughs> death threats for killing Chewbacca that way. Like, yeah. he died a hero's death. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a long time ago, and it was the first major character that died like that. But anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> now that we're talking about Star Wars, it's time to go. Star Wars is my sports. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's your end point. <laughs> yeah, sports is move on. Star Wars is let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, I... I like Star Wars, everybody. I just like to give everybody shit because I don't like it as much as everyone else does. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us for Late Night Loki. We will be back. So if you're hearing this on uh, on Wednesday, tonight we are going to be doing uh, a 5 o'clock live watch on Scener. The link will be in the show notes. It's also, It'll also be at uh, mcucast.com or strandedpanda.com, whichever one you want to go to. Um and uh, then we'll at six o'clock. We'll be doing another podcast, a more in-depth discussion with uh, Ashley Coffin and Jeff. Will hopefully be there, uh, and <laughs> we'll be doing uh, trivia, Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe trivia right after with uh, with. Uh, I think we're talking about Thor: The Dark, Dark World, World this week. We're doing how yeah. kind of Loki related movies. So we do a focus movie every week. So. Uh, that'll all be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash stranded panda TV, uh, starting at five o'clock central. Oh, well, six o'clock central on Twitch, five o'clock central on Scener. You know what I mean? <laughs> Time uh, is fluid. If you central don't, pandas. if you don't know when all this comes up and you do want to be alerted in a way you can look at it without me trying to explain it on the podcast, you can go to strandedpanda.com and click on join the stranded panda army at the bottom. And you can join join on our email list, basically. And we send out a weekly email, kind of time to talk about our live schedule. So you can come in, join the conversation. We like, we love it. Um, all right, guys, we will be back tomorrow. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Woo! Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. <laughs>